Greg and Fiona here and welcome to this podcast in our Live a Laptop Lifestyle series that is titled What Everyone Needs to Know About Attracting Customers. And we're going to start with a quote from Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar once said, when you choose to be pleasant and positive in the way you treat others, you have also chosen in most cases how you are going to be treated by others. And just remember that because it's very, very important. But just moving on, one of the most effective forms of marketing online today is called or known as attraction marketing, but it's also known as relationship marketing. And that's pretty much what this podcast is going to be on about. Because the old way of marketing was ask and you shall receive. And attraction marketing uses the approach, and it's quite different, just subtly, as give and you shall receive. So the underlying premise of attraction marketing and giving in order to receive something back is to build a trusting relationship with your prospects so that they're going to eventually turn into your customers. And to build trust, you need to give valuable information to your prospects first and then in the hope of converting them into your raving fans. So let's say you've been invited to a party by a friend of a friend and you're open to the idea of meeting lots of new people. So you're at the party, you've got a drink in one hand and a canapé in the other and you've just been introduced to the party's to the party holder's next door neighbour and they're actually quite good looking. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't automatically assume that you're going to be in an instant hit with the neighbour and get invited around for Sunday lunch next week weekend, do you? Because you've got to get to know them first. And that's just that's just, you know, basic human relationship building. And it's exactly the same with marketing online. And here's another way of putting it. You wouldn't go out on a first date with someone and ask them to marry you in the first five minutes, would you? So you can't expect someone to trust you enough to buy something from you on your first point of contact with them online because you need to get someone to know, like, and trust you first. And then, then they might decide to buy something from you later. Sure that building a relationship takes time but it creates a stronger, longer-lasting bond between customer and marketer, which is very valuable indeed, because at the end of the day, and this is very, very important, in fact, this is the most important thing that we'll t- tell you in this podcast. So you can stop is, listening now. <laughs> is, is that, no, there's more after this, but the most important thing that you need to note down is that people buy from people. So if you're in a shop buying something specific, like a new laptop, say, then you probably need help to select which laptop to buy. So the salesperson will need to gain an understanding of your needs in order to deliver the best solution for you. Now, if that salesperson is a pimply youth who hasn't brushed their hair in a month and they tell you, to buy one straight off the bat without even asking what your needs are, then you're not likely to listen to them and you're not likely to buy that laptop they suggest, let alone buy in that shop, unless they're stocking the very, very latest laptop on the planet. However, if that salesperson is a smiley, friendly, helpful and knowledgeable person, they know about the laptops they stock and they ask you 
what specs or what requirements you need in the laptop according to what you're wanting to achieve with it, what you're wanting to do with it, then you're more likely to buy from that person in that store. And that's what we mean when we say that people buy from people. So there's three stages of forming a relationship with your prospective customers. And the first one is, first of all, they need to know that you exist and that you're in the market selling what they're interested in buying, which means getting a consistent message out on the internet. And don't assume that they know what you're selling because they don't. You need to tell them. And once a shopper knows who you are, some of them are going to like you, some of them won't. And that's fine because it's simple, simply just human nature. And if someone doesn't like you, you're not going to want them as a customer anyway because they'll likely cause problems. They're going to complain about your services. doesn't matter if it's good or not. And then they're just going to request a refund anyway. So happily, we're all different people and that's what makes the world so vibrant and varied. And we've all got different tastes and preferences. And your prospects will also have different ideas and beliefs about who's trustworthy, who they like, and if you're not their cup of tea, that's fine. There's plenty more fish in the sea. But of those prospective customers who like you, only some of them will then start to trust you, and that's when they're going to start buying from you, establishing themselves as long-term customers, because the nice thing is they're more likely to buy from you again in the future if all the three elements, which are know, like, and trust, if all of those three elements are in place. So just think if you don't form a relationship with your prospects first, then you might, and, you, and this is a, a big might, you might have people buy from you once, but then you've got to do the selling and the promotional work all over again just to score another, another sale from another customer. So it's not the unique visitors to your website that matter, it's the repeat visitors. And that's important. We'll just repeat that again um, because you'll you'll see um, sales pages and people online going banging on about you know the the volume of traffic they've got to their website, but it's not the unique visitors to your website that matter. It's the repeat visitors that are going to be your buyers and your customers, and that boils down to the no like trust building relationship which does take time, so it won't happen overnight. But building a long-term list of potential raving fans is the most important, valuable asset you can have in your business. It's, it's kind of like that process of going on that very first date, um, building up to getting engaged and maybe getting married. The relationship matures over time. You meet the man of your dreams, or maybe woman of your dreams, on your first date, then you invest, make lots of little investments over time, over a lot of time to build that relationship with that man of your dreams. You know, you might, um, you might, you might be gallant enough and buy him flowers on Valentine's Day, or he might buy you flowers. Um, there'll be loads and loads of thank you kisses. Loads of dinners, night outs, and holidays together. And that's what we mean by investing in your relationship, which is exactly the same as you need to do online with your prospective customers. So, how do you build a relationship with your potential customers? By giving them value. So that's what we're going to discuss here today. And we'll also talk about what value to give to people at the right time. But firstly, let's ponder the attraction idea. How do you attract prospective customers like a magnet? It's you. 
It's your personality, your character, your values, what you stand for in the world. And all of that is wrapped up in your personal brand because you are your brand. You are the CEO of your website. You are the CEO of your business. So it all embroils you. So you want people to seek you out instead of you having to find them. So you need a brand to help your reputation and to, to build your respect. And that's really the key to attraction marketing. As Fiona said, you're a unique person. You're one of a kind. You're the CEO of yourself. So all you've got to do is be yourself and be honest with people. That's really, really that simple is be authentic. Be, be yourself exactly who you are. Put others first in order to stand out from the crowd and just make their online um, experience a pleasurable and a re rewarding experience because your brand embraces your customer service it embraces how you treat others as you want to be treated and also how you communicate with other people so that's your unique selling point that distinguishes you from the crowd no one else is like you absolutely no one so you need to use your unique style to let people know that you've got their interests at heart and that you can deliver benefits to them. And by the way, we discovered to our complete surprise that it's very rewarding helping others. Um, we, we think that we've probably always been takers in society, but now we get a real buzz from helping other people. So if you want some additional pointers, personal branding can be broken down into five key areas to focus on. And the first of those key areas is what do you value? Because your website needs to define who you are, what's important to you, and what, as, as well as what you do, but more importantly, who you are and what's important to you. So you need to take the time to brainstorm or think about the values that guide you through life. Um, it, you can't cut corners when it comes to determining what you value. Um, you need to be honest and sincere with yourself and you need to respect and help others and have that goal in mind. So, Because people who don't share the same values as you, they'll not generally be attracted to you or to your website. And as we said before, that's totally fine. But you need to think about how you're perceived. How do others see you? Do they see you with a positive light? Do they see you as giving or do they see you as being helpful? Um, we, we often see online um, corporate entities that don't have a personality or a persona. So they brand themselves by creating a perception in the marketplace. For example, look at Apple who do $52 billion in sales, who offer an experience and give us the feeling we want rather than the functionality and process that's offered by Microsoft. Now Apple knows their audience. They know that personal branding is the same as what they offer. That you can you can build your brand, attract your special audience by finding out what customers or prospective customers want to need simply by asking them. Number two is how you're unique. So no two people are exactly the same. Your DNA and your fingerprints prove all that. You are uniquely different from every other person in the world because of your life experiences, your education, what your parents were like, the mistakes you've made, 
how you've learned from them and a ton of other stuff as well. And you can use all of those influences to distinguish, distinguish you from every other marketer on the internet by creating a memorable look and feel to your website. And number three is your expertise. So remember um, the timeline of learning in one of our previous um, podcasts. I think it might have even been one of the first ones. Mm -hmm. um, what you need to do is always remember that your information and learning are beneficial to the people to the left of you on that scale. And you've got to create a motto of earn while you learn so that you can slowly feed your target audience with useful advice even if you've just learned and implemented it yourself and established yourself as their mentor or as an ex expert. And even if you think you've made a heap of mistakes, you're still an expert on how not to do stuff. So you can help other people avoid the same pitfalls by sharing your experiences. And that's partly our intention with this podcast. And don't forget, you can also leverage other experts to, pos to position yourself um, as an expert, which is exactly what we did with our first product as well. So number four thing to consider is who are your customers? So your target audience will be made up of people who will benefit the most from your brand, from your expertise and your information and help. And when someone who shares similar interests as you needs your help, you'll want to be the brand of choice that they go to. So consider their age, sex, lifestyle, pets, hobbies, sports, earnings, concerns, all of them. Look at the entire demographic of the people that you're reaching out to help. And I know that, that all sounds quite, quite a lot, quite heavy, you're probably thinking, um, and you're probably wondering how on earth do you achieve that on your website? Well, that's actually quite simple because it's easy to build an about me page on your website, relating your story and coming across as a real person and providing a real expression on, on your character. Because when a mentor first told us to do that um, many, many years ago, we went all wobbly and weak at the knees because we thought that our friends and family would judge us. We thought that everybody would judge us and that the whole world um, would know the mistakes that we made. But we understood why we had to do it, but knowing the reason doesn't make it any less daunting. So we put our heart into writing it, and then we took a big, deep breath, and we put our story out there online. And when we did that, we had this huge feeling of exposure and an even greater fear of being judged by people. And guess what happened? Guess what fallout occurred um, when we did that? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. That was nice and um, together, wasn't it? <laughs> um, just compliments and lovely feedback and, of course, lots and lots of prospects as well. So it proved to us that personality works as visitors to your site make a judgment of it, and they do that within the first 10 seconds, probably within about the first two seconds. We do exactly the same thing when we meet people face-to-face. -face. So when you do meet someone, when they come to your website, you've got to make a lasting first impression with them. So when, when you tell your story, um, you don't need to, you know, give all the warts and all. You just need to include as much 
as you're comfortable with, but just bear in mind that the more is better because everyone loves a really heartfelt story, a story that's told from the heart. In fact, people like stories full stop. So tell visitors to your site about your background, your education or lack of it, um, about the successes and the achievements, but also the pains and the trials that you've survived and endured as well. And just tell them stuff that they can identify with. So you need to tell them about what to do, why you chose to do it, and give them the subtle impression that they'll be able to cope with what you've done. Now, don't panic either if you think that you can't write because you're not actually, in your About Me story, you're not actually aiming to write a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. You, you're writing, what you're doing is writing a relationship building story. And it's a story that you're very, very familiar with because it's your life story. So you need to put a lot of emotion and empathy into it. Um, and also a lot of imagery goes down well as well. If it's just black and white text on a page, it kind of just looks like the skeleton of a person. But when you put imagery of pictures taken through your life, it kind of adds flesh on the bones. Now we've got a bonus video for you on our blog. If you want to go to, um, if you go to your browser and just type in the address bar, gregandfionascott.com forward slash attraction, or the full long URL if you like typing them out, which you don't need to by the way, http colon forward slash forward slash gregandfionascott.com forward slash attraction. Just go there and watch that video. So here's something really important to think about, and that is what do you do in a 30 second elevator ride? Um, because one of the best offline ways to establish your brand is to prepare what's called an elevator pitch. So imagine you've just got into an elevator with Richard Branson, and if you don't know who he, who he is, you're probably not in the century, but if you don't know, um, he's the man that runs Virgin. Um, he's one of the most famous entrepreneurs in the world. And let's just say you've got a lift with him and you've got 30, 30 seconds to express who you are, what you're up to in the world, and why he should listen to you all before you get to the 10th floor. So how on earth would you do that? Well, it's a bit of a tricky thing to design, but you just need to craft a few really um, punchy sentences that clearly and precisely define who you are, why you exist, what your business is, and why you're so awesome. But that's actually the easy bit because then you've got to memorize it, you have to practice it repeatedly in front of a mirror, and you need to deliver it to as many people as possible. And to do so reinforces belief in yourself. So there's the good old faith, which is one of our five steps again. Um, and that brands yourself and it provides a lasting impression to people. So your goal is to invoke a reaction from people rather than have them just say, Oh, that's nice. And then they start talking about the weather or something like this. So now, Our elevator pitch is constantly evolving to this day. And it's had many, many, many rewrites following feedback or hollow responses that we've had. They're called blank stares as blank well. Blank stares, yeah. yeah. So at the moment, it, it's... Hi, we're Greg and Fiona Scott, founders of gregandfionascott.com. When we are successful in executing our mission, we will impact the lives of thousands of people. They will have the peace of mind to live and work with location, financial and time-based freedom. They will be authentic, honest and open with themselves and others. 
They will gain financial independence, manage their own schedule and have better relationships. This will allow them to live a life full of choice, adventure and happiness. With 2020 Vision, we see a world where people understand their lifestyle matters. So really do take some time to plan an elevator pitch and just practice it. You know, you can practice it even at things like barbecues and parties just to see what sort of reaction you get. You know, when someone comes up to you and says, well, what do you do? And you can practice your elevator pitch on them. And if you get a blank stare, then you're going to know instantly that you need to work on it. And you're going to gradually just refine it through experience. But let's get back to online branding. So your online presence must be consistent across the internet because... Your website, your blog, your social media, videos, email, they've all got to have the same look and feel about them. So that's the same color scheme, the same pictures of you, the same theme, the same message, and the same attitude and friendliness because people start to recognize um, that's who you are. And if you don't have that branding, it's just all completely over the place. So your blog is your center for personal branding. So that's where you tell your story, where people can find out more about you, what you do, and how you're interested in them. But don't forget Twitter, or the main social media platforms, I should say, like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. They all need to have the same empathy, friendliness, color scheme, photo theme, and message. And they need to add to your brand to reinforce your uniqueness to show that you care by sharing valuable information. Also, your email needs to be consistent. Use the same format, the same signature and the same salutation all the time. And the salutation should be the same as what's on your blog. And in videos, of course you need to be yourself. That's the very best way of getting your personality across. But also be very aware of how others perceive you so that you don't come across in a way you don't intend. Um, video is, is a tricky one, we know, and that's why you simply have to be you. You have to be real, authentic and genuine. It's really because, hard to fake being yourself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's tricky because some, some prospective um, customers will like you and some won't. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Lastly, consider your offline promotions and your business cards too, because guess what? They should all have the same color scheme, photo, branding, and style as your website and blog and all of your social media presence. So hopefully by now you get the picture that all of your real estate across the internet and offline too needs to be of the same brand, the same authenticity that is you, because the takeaway here is that consistency builds the brand you. And now that we've sorted out who you are and what you're up to in the world and how you're going to help people with the useful information that you've got to share with them that serves to build relationships, let's have a bit of a, a dig into the basic systems needed to convert a prospect into a customer. So the important thing to remember is you're not going to be doing any hard selling on your website. That should come as a sigh of relief because everybody hates hard selling. All you have to do is give valuable information to your target audience via your blog and also social media and all the other methods of getting traffic. But you're going to have to have an opt-in box on every page and post of your website. Um, that's so that you can capture the name and email address. And these days we mainly just capture the email address of people that are in the target market for your information or offers. 
most people will give you their normal email address in return for something free, for some free information that's got real value to them, which they can apply immediately. That's pretty key as well as they can apply immediately to their life. There's a trend not to ask for people's names anymore, as I just mentioned, just their email address. But it's up to you. If you give, if you ask for people's names, you're not going to get as many people opt in. But really, in the end, it's up to you, and you can always ask for them at another stage as well. So, what's the difference between an opt-in box, an opt-in form, a squeeze page, and a landing page? Easy. They're all They're the same. All the same. <laughs> That they're all terms for an area on your website, like or a static web page, where people enter their email address in exchange for something of value that you give them for free. So the details that your prospective customer fill in are then captured into your mailing list through the use of your autoresponder or your, um, I sometimes call it an autoresponder database. Um, now we mentioned we've mentioned many a times and on our blog as well that the money is in the list. So your prospects details are what's collected via the opt-in form, particularly in their email. And that email is automatically added to your email list in your autoresponder database, and that's your most important business asset. So you still, by collecting people's email addresses, you have the chance to keep communicating with those people via email. You'll be able to give them further free information, tips and strategies to build your relationship with them further. And this will hopefully make them more likely to want to buy from you or trust your recommendation of an affiliate product if their problem is desperate enough to be solving as because after they've had all that free and valuable information, they will start to trust you. But not everyone who's interested in your content is going to be interested to, in buying from you immediately because people only buy when they have a desperate enough problem that needs solving and they might not be at that stage yet. Or they just might take a bit longer than average to, to warm up to you as well. So... The answer is just keep e emailing them by building a relationship and giving them valuable stuff. Don't overdo it. You don't really want to spam them or anything like that. But you must keep in contact with your list at least three or four times a week. Um, the way that we look at our list is we have a problem. Sorry, the people on our list have a problem that they want solved. And it's up to us to solve that problem for them. So if they don't like, you know, if they don't want to receive anything more from you, they can just unsubscribe for your list. And that's fine because it means that they're never going to be a customer anyway. So your list is your relationship marketing tool. It's built using an opt-in form and it's stored in your autoresponder software. And don't worry too much. Well, actually, we're going to talk about what an autoresponder is. It's very simple. Um, we'll just... Um, talk a little bit about that um, it's web-based software and basically what it does is it automates most of the tasks that you need to keep giving value to list and it also helps ensure the recipients receive your emails by meeting requirements of spam filters set in place by um, your recipients or your leads internet service providers now you simply have to write your emails um, and the autoresponder handles all of the delivery of those emails for you so as far as the recipients of your emails are aware, they're the only person receiving your email. So you should always address your email as if you're only talking to one person. 
that be the recipient and it's very easy to do as as well and you don't need to address that use their name if you haven't captured their name in the opt-in box um, because nowadays it's actually quite a bit freaky if you know if you see an email with your name in the subject line or if a stranger says hi Fiona to you but anyway in your email always talk to the people on your list as though you're talking to a friend or a friend of a friend so don't use corporate speak as if you're writing an email for work and don't use jargon either you know um, terminology that people on your list won't understand just use chatty friendly simple language and be yourself and you'll attract like-minded people to you so single single mums and dads for example have a lot of affinity for single mums and dads married couples like us will attract another audience and there's enough population in the world to attract the right like-minded prospects for you and one thing is to never swear or curse in your emails or should we should say if your audience aren't used to you doing that because it's one lesson we learned the hard way well we didn't learn it the hard way actually one of our mentors did he, he once wrote an entire an email to his entire list and it was at a time when he was really upset with his systems and technology just had a whole lot of stuff going wrong but he let all that emotion come out in an email to his list and he said that he was pissed off with stuff and what happened was that he lost hundreds of subscribers in a flash and as you can see that would have really magnified the emotion that he was already feeling so if you don't normally swear to your um, your email list don't start just out of the blue because you are going to probably find you'll lose a lot of customers on the way uh, now there's many providers of autoresponders um, or autoresponder database software and most of them charge a monthly subscription for the service and that service does three main tasks so the first task an autoresponder does is it stores the details captured via your opt-in form and saves them as a list or a database. So for example, if you encourage 10 people to fill in their details into their email on your opt-in form or on your blog, then you'll have a list of 10 emails stored in your autoresponder. And the second thing an autoresponder does is that it sends out automated pre-written emails to the people on your list in a chronological sequence that you create. So you write the emails once, enter them into the autoresponder or email scheduler as follow-up emails and when someone signs up to your list they'll get the first email in that series. Um, for example that could be your welcome email and then and this is where the magic happens they'll automatically be sent the next follow-up emails in your sequence for example one email every two days or one email every day so someone who signs up to your list in two weeks will get the same personalized sequence of emails sent out in the same time frames as someone that signs up to your list in four weeks time now if you just have all follow-up emails and you listen this is what we used to do we used to have like a hundred follow-up emails and people start to become aware that it's just a pre-written email so the third thing that an autoresponder does is it allows you to send out personalized what's called broadcast emails to your whole list and that's regardless of where they currently are in your email sequence so you want to use um, that kind of mass mailing so that's going out to all of the people on your list 
maybe just to promote your latest product or, or a webinar to your whole list. And it's also what we use to build a relationship with our list. So at the moment, we only have eight follow-up emails. And when those are finished, then we start broadcasting to people on our list. So um, you're going to receive information on your broadcast of how many people got the email, how many people opened it, how many read it, how many clicked um, on the links that you put in your email. And that sort of data is going to help you tweak your email subject lines to make them more c compelling to open as well. So a couple of key things about um, emails and broadcasts in particular, you've got to make your subject line either curious, intriguing, or really just spell out what's in it for the reader. So the key thing of your broadcast, of the first thing that you want to get people to do is open it in the first place. Place, But just search on Google for how to improve email open rates um, if you're ever not having many people opening your emails. Now remember your list is the biggest business asset that you can have online because it belongs to you. So unless you stop paying your autoresponder fees or you start abusing it by spamming, no one can take this list away from you. So you should, however, take regular backups of your list. I mean, that's just common sense because after all, your list is the most important part of your business. So your main focus when building your online business should be building and maintaining your email list and you should treat it with a load of care as it's the core of your business. Over time, it will build up and become more targeted, producing better and better targeted results. Now, when it comes to email marketing to attract people onto your list in the first instance, you're probably wondering, what free stuff can I provide? So, if you are a bit bewildered about that right now, and you're wondering what information you're going to provide in order to, in exchange for someone's email address and where you're going to find it, um, well, that, that's perfectly normal to wonder that. But all you need to do is to look at what others are doing in your market or in your niche. So head over to gmail.com and create a new easy to use Google Mail account and sign up to other marketers lists. Don't read their resulting emails all at once. Only read them when you need to. That's why you're doing a secondary email account. Only read them when you need to. Um, and see what inspires you to open them. You know, see what pushes your buttons and motivates you. Otherwise, if you if you don't if you use your main email account, those emails that you sign up to to other marketers lists will become a major distraction, and you don't want that to happen. So only sign up to reputable people who are like you and who you genuinely want to receive emails from. So people that you genuinely admire. And when you do review the emails, you need to check out the following things. So first of all, how often each market is mailing and what they say in the headline and how often they're mailing is a pretty good clue because they've got big lists. Um, they know what how their lists respond. And if they're emailing every day, then it could be something that you want to start looking at. Um, secondly, does it compel you to open the email? So does a subject line um, really make you want to open the email and also how they address their reader when in the actual email what you're going to find is that there's going to be a lot of what we call you language where the the we, we mentioned earlier that the email is addressed to one person and that's the person reading the email so you'd say you a lot of the time so that it makes them feel more included in the email uh, what language they use um, you know, we, we also said corporate language is a no-no on your list because it's just so boring and people will fall asleep. Um, also, if you have big, long emails, it's going to, most people, 
these days are looking at emails on their mobile, so they're not going to go and read a great big long email. So you want to be really aware of your actual length of your email as well, and also how many links they have to put, um, how many links they have to their content or their product in an email. We use on average about three per email, um, and it's sort of like spread over the email um, because the ultimate aim of your email is to get people to click on links once you've got them to open it. Also have a look at the salutation that they use. If any we, at all. If they use any at all. We tend to write a headline and then just continue and um, because people know that it's um, not personally addressed to them, but um, we just like to get straight into it. Um, also, one thing that's really important is um, PSs down the bottom. A lot of people will just scroll all the way down to the bottom um, and see what what the kind of the summary of the email is or what you know what's any bonuses or anything like that. So just check and see if other marketers are using um, PSs as well. And do they have their personal contact details in there as well? Uh, we always have well well most autoresponder providers require you to put your address at the bottom of the email and it's always good to have a mate you know for good for people to be able to respond to you um, because that's a sign that your emails are getting through to people if you get replies to them because people think they're sending them to you personally and then the other thing um, we don't worry about this too much these days but um, you need to have an unsubscribe link at the bottom of your email we certainly have an unsubscribe link what we used to do was we used to go and put a whole lot of hard returns so that it was right down the bottom of the page so we wouldn't get anyone unsubscribe. But these days, um, we just leave it there where it is. We need to be, the, the internet's so much more transparent now. So if someone wants to unsubscribe, there's an unsubscribe link there. And the number of people that don't even know it's there is like, it's mo most people don't know to unsubscribe anyway. So, and when people do unsubscribe, that's good because they're not going to work with you anyway. So just, um, you know, leave your unsubscribe link where it's put by your autoresponder software because you don't want to deal with people that, that want to unsubscribe anyway. So that's a lot of things to look out for, like email length, you language, subject lines, number of links, um, PSs, all that sort of stuff. And each marketer has a totally different style. And some can get away with brief cursory emails because of the reputation they've established. But on average, most emails will be 100 to 300 words and will give the reader more than one reason to click on a link. Um, now, one mistake I see people making is that each email ought to only have one call to action, which means you might have three links in an email, but those three links must all go to the same place. Um, so meaning one email, each email only has one purpose. Now, to appeal to all people, you should also provide, an, of those links, a logical reason for them to click on a link in your email, as well as an emotional one, so a, a, um, a pleasure-based and emotional one, and also a pain-based emotional one. So for an example of a logical one, you could just say, click this link to get, or click this link now. Um, or a, a um, positive emotional one is um, okay. take action now to change your financial freedom. And maybe a pain-based emotional one is 
if you want to stay stuck in a rut, then do nothing. You know, say stuck in a rut, do nothing is quite pain oriented, you know, to jolt people to want to take action. So emotional pleasure reasons are people, if they don't do it, sorry, sorry if they do do it, they're going to gain something. Pain-based ones are if they don't click there, they're going to lose something. Yeah, it's kind exactly. of like the, the opposite to each other. But as we said, have a look at what other marketers are doing. Um, but adapt what they're doing to your own style and your own brand. Never just copy anything willy-nilly or word for word. Um, there's so much information out there on the web that you'll never be short of content. And it's simply a matter of learning where to look. Um, and the, the internet will teach you that too. So just going back to your brand, it's all about quality and not quantity. So you don't need a massive list to run a profitable online business. But you do need to have a targeted list of quality people. And this comes from selecting targeted traffic and building a desire in your prospective customers for your product, service or assistance, whether it be your own product or an affiliate product. And we touched on this a, a bit before, but what about people who join your list and then just unsubscribe? Well, we really like unsubscribers. Uh, they, they are just people that aren't interested in your product or you. And over time, they're just going to make your list or your unsubscribe is going to make your list more concentrated with targeted people who are interested in you and your offers and as we're into quality it goes without saying that you shouldn't spam your list um, you can build trust 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 takes a long time to build but it can be destroyed by one email it's, it's a little bit like this the no swearing rule we talked about before unless you swear all the time um, so so just don't be ever be T attempted to spam we always we, we always only promote stuff to our list that we use um, ourselves that we know is a good product we don't just go and try and sell any old junk to them uh, because it's quality and not quantity that's preferable but here's just a few numbers just to get an idea of the size of profit you can make and the industry standard is one dollar of income per month per person on your list we don't particularly agree with that one um, that really a, a it really depends on what sort of product you're selling. If you're selling a, a product that you get a high return on investment, you're going to make more than that. But if you, if you went with that $1 per person on your list, so if you want to make $1,000 a month, then you're going to need to have $1,000, sorry, 1,000 people on your list. If you want to make $10,000 a month, you're going to need to have 10,000 people on your list. Um, but that, again, that really does depend on the kinds of products you're promoting. So just to reiterate again, that depends entirely on the product. Um, if you're just selling e if you're just selling ebooks, then you might get one dollar per person on your list. If you're selling a, a higher priced product, that that could be significantly higher. So just remember that these are just rough numbers to give you a guide only. Now, for some further reading, um, we've got several articles on our blog. So there, these are all on gregandfionascott.com, and each of these words has got a hyphen between them. Might be the easiest way to say it. So we've got email marketing tips. So there'll be gregandfionascott.com forward slash email dash or hyphen marketing hyphen tips. We've got engage your email list. That's with hyphens between each word. So that's gregandfionascott.com forward slash engage dash your dash email dash list. 
And the third one is seducing your email reader. So it's gregandfionascott.com forward slash seducing dash your dash email dash reader. Sounds like Morse code, doesn't it? <laughs> There's no so dot dots in there. <laughs> just, just some three blog posts to read with some way more focused information if you prefer to read rather than to listen. But there's extra information in those blog posts. So jump over to those three blog posts um, all on gregandfionascott.com. Email marketing tips, engage your email list and seducing your email reader for more information.